HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. I'm Brianna Kurtz, host of Eat Your Words. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We're talking about food. Food. We're talking about music. Music. And musical dudes. Dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
Happy 200. Happy 200, buddy. Uh, I am one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. And the other half, Darren Bresnitz. And you're listening to the 200th episode of Snacky Tunes. That was just Roses, who are on a uh, whirlwind Brooklyn tour. No, they play Cake Shop. Oh, week. and uh, Brooklyn-ish. Ish. That is straight. No, that is straight lower Fine. side, my friend. Uh, tour who will be live in studio. Uh, but first off, uh, for a tenth episode, we really wanted to bring uh, bring in two very special people. Uh, our parents, mom and dad. Mom and dad, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank, Thank you. you, and we're honored to be here for your two hundredth show. Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations! Thank you. Uh, so That's crazy, yeah. Mm. So let's. Uh, Let's kick this off. Uh, Dad, let's talk about your cooking skills. You know, you've been the one that cooking for us growing up. Yeah, cooked every meal for us. Yeah. Liver and onions. Never forget. A steep learning curve when I was younger, and then it kind of plateaued out once I met your mother because I didn't have to cook anymore after that. Well, listen, if you had your mother's cooking growing up and then you met mom, you don't need to cook much. Well, that's true, and my mother's still alive, and so she still can cook as well. So between Uh, the two of them. Yeah. And uh, growing up. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, Thank you. Oh, wait, I do. I do love this one story that you have when you were in Catskill. That's Canadian, and INS showed up. Dual citizen. Dual citizen, but not at that time. Mm-mm. This is in the seventies in the Catskills. True. And INS showed up, right? Sorry. INS. What? INS. They did, <laughs> and we ran out the back door. So good. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, crap, it's the fuzz. But let's um, let's let's take a step back. Let's talk about both of uh, both your moms co- were great cooks. Well, your mom was a great cook. Your mom is still a great cook, Dad. Um, what was uh, what were meals like growing up? What did you know? Hot, hot, <laughs> hot, hot. Well, because I used to walk to school when I was uh, in grade school, and I would walk home um, for lunch, like most kids, and uh, I'd go home to a hot meal at lunchtime, and then I'd walk back to school for the afternoon. And what were some of the dishes that Grandma made for you? Oh. Everything roast. I mean, uh, breaded veal cutlets. So good. Um, you know, uh, pasta ties with uh, sort of a, a grain, a farfel oh, yeah. kind of thing. How that dish? Uh, that was a pretty good. One. That was a good Chopped one. up cabbage as well in, yeah. the, in the pasta. Cholent. Um, cholent for sure, but not necessarily for lunch. That was more of a, a that put you to sleep, meal. right? You know, scrambled eggs with uh, red peppers and tomatoes. All Hungry. kinds of different things. So, and grandma's from Hungary. That's correct. It's a lot of paprika. Yeah, I guess so. I don't. That's not don't something rem- that strikes me. But I, she, she, I don't remember her maybe having a lot of paprika. Not recently. Maybe when I was younger. Yeah, she's she kind of lost her. Kind of yes, lost her taste lots. buds yeah. in the last few years. So it's a little. Yeah. So grandma is also well known for this famous chocolate cake. When did that get introduced to her repertoire? I can answer that. So in 1980, Dad and I took a um, trip around Europe, and while there, we found this Hungarian cookbook. And I brought it home. We brought it home as a gift. And I gave it to your grandmother. And she looked through it and she said, this is the chocolate cake recipe that I grew up with. And I haven't made it since I was, you know, at home with my parents. And she started making it again because she didn't really have that recipe anymore. So that's when it started. Oh, wow. I did did not know. That's really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also um, the famous... Cauliflower soup. Oh my god, this soup. When did she? Was that always a staple? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was. Dad, do you remember the first time you had grandma's cauliflower soup? Sorry. <laughs> do you remember the first time you had that soup? No, I mean I I'm, grew up with you're it. You're talking about a long time ago now, you know. 
But I think the, be- the best, is, I say, I, when I think about cooking, or you know, is really the um, nut cake. Oh, not, yeah. Not so much the, uh, which she doesn't make anymore. It's so, okay, so it's a, it's a strudel in a way. No, it's a cookie, <laughs> almost like a cookie dough. Yeah. But Mom's like, no. No, it's not It's, <laughs> it's not, not a, a strudel, strudel at all. So then she has this dough that she makes over two days. It has the sel- seltzer as a secret ingredient. And then she flattens it out. She lets it rest. She makes it one day. She lets it rest in the fridge. Then she next day she takes it and flattens it out. And she puts ground, and she and I mean really ground, not Cuisinat ground, but ground walnuts in one of those old-fashioned grounders, grinders, I mean, and apricots, and that's the center, and then she rolls it up and puts an egg wash on the, on the top, and then pierces it with a fork so that it doesn't splinter when it's in the, and crack when it's in the oven. So it's a two-day process, and you boys witnessed. Everybody witnessed it at Thanksgiving. In fact, I think you've made it. I think you've tried to make it. I have not. uh, I have not attempted it because. Well, we made it with her. No, we made it with her, and she she kicked us out, more or less. No, no, no. We were watching. Mm, Once it got to the rolling stuff, that woman. Just was like, ugh, my grandson. That woman. That woman. Uh huh. (laughs) That woman just laid down that dough so insanely. Yeah. It's so great. And so, Mom, let's talk about your mother, which is where you kind of got your cooking education. Well, you know, I was one of five children, still one of five children. And And where are you from? Brooklyn, Brooklyn. of course. Ocean Avenue, Erasmus Hall. And how many years did it take for us to live here to convince you to come and visit us? Oh, Lord. I always said once I left Brooklyn, I wasn't returning. But now Brooklyn's such a hot spot, so I'm glad you guys are here. We saw the tourists on the street today taking pictures. That's unbelievable. (laughs) That Brooklyn's so hot right now. Selfies on on Bedford Bedford Avenue. Avenue. Who would have thought? Anyway, um, in those days... Grandma Helen had to cook for seven people, three meals a day. So everything was made from scratch. Um, unlike my English friends, since we were European, um, who ate Campbell's soup and all sorts of spam in a can. Craft uh, dinner. Growing up, yeah, growing up kosher in Brooklyn meant that you just did everything from scratch, which my mother did in. It was a way for me to have some time alone with my mother in the kitchen, and she always put me to work. She taught me how to use the mixer. She taught me how to season, and she filled me with a lot of sentiments and expressions and habits. So you know how I always say to you when you're cooking, um, clean as you go. Yeah. So that when you're finished with all your chores, you sit down to a meal, you, don't, you know you don't have to get back into the kitchen and have to spend an hour after you're exhausted uh, cleaning up. So that's one of the tenants that she gave to me. The other thing that always reminds me when I bake today, and I love baking because of you know the time I spent with Grandma baking, is that when she would scrape the bowl, she would always scrape another as much as she could, and she'd say, there's another bite for for dad there's another bite for you there's another bite for your sisters <laughs> and so i imagine her voice in my mind when i'm doing the baking and yeah. i'm scraping it out so did you guys feel that and dad you grew up in montreal mom you grew up in brooklyn but being so first generation american or canadian did you feel european growing up or did you feel american well i could say i felt more european than american and especially with the dishes 
on my side, they were Polish dishes, and the company that we kept. And a lot of my American friends would go out to eat. And at that time, you have to know that there were a lot of ethnic groups. So one thing that stood out for me was when I was around 10 years old and I was having lunch with this girl in my class who was Italian. And every day I would look to see what she had. And one day she had eggplant parmesan on a fresh Kaiser roll from Mm. Brooklyn. And I said to her, what are you eating? And she said, ugh. You know, eggplant parmesan and a Kaiser roll. What are you eating? And so we switched sandwiches <laughs> because she was so tired of her eggplant parmesan. I don't know. I must have had sliced egg or something. <laughs> and, we, and we were just so happy to switch. But, yeah, it was definitely an ethnic experience. Dad? I, I can't say that I thought that it was any different. I don't, to be honest, I grew up in the household that I grew up in, so I had nothing to compare it to. I didn't didn't really participate in you know, native uh, or or second generation household. So for me, that was what was normal. Yeah. And many of the friends of my yeah. parents were friends. Their children were friends of mine, so they had the same experience. And they're all Hungarian. Not necessarily, but they were all you know war survivors. Right. Right. So growing up in both Brooklyn and Montreal, a lot of storied restaurants. Do you remember the places you ate at growing up? We didn't have money for eating out, and the only time we ate out was if someone graduated from middle school or high school, we would go to Jan's ice cream place, and everybody got an ice cream. But there was no money for eating out, and that's why Grandma had to cook from scratch and you know make the dollar spread, and everything was made for home eating. Dad, do you remember? I'd say... Well, I'd say the same experience. We didn't really eat out much. Of course, if you have the kind of home cooking that we had, there was no real need to yeah. eat out much. I, I will say that when I got older and didn't live at home anymore, and especially when I began to earn money, that occasionally I would go to a Hungarian restaurant and realize that what I was ordering in a Hungarian restaurant was what basically I grew up with as standard fare for um, that we ate at home. Um, it was only when I got older that I really began to, you know, I had more money that began to really out, or when I was living downtown by myself or with a roommate in Montreal, with, then we began to really eat out. But there was greasy spoon eating out, not high, fine dining. Was that place Ben's? Uh, there were places, the various places in Montreal that sold smoked meat. Ben's was one of them. Schwartz's. Um, Schwartz's was another. And, Those um, are pretty standard, you know, relatively inexpensive fare. Even today, you guys have experienced it yourselves. I mean, eating at Montreal is amazing. Yeah. And now, how many egg rolls did you order that one time <laughs> in college? Well, when I lived in, in when I was in um, medical school, because that's really when I lived on my own with a friend, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And um, we used to have money at the beginning of the month. We'd order meats from a butcher, and we'd get this whole package of meat. We'd freeze it, and then, of course, it would dwindle down by the end of the month. And by the end of the month, it was... Um, seven cents a package craft dinners, you know, that you <laughs> can boil cents. up. Wow. Um, we'd mix in peas sometimes, and then occasionally where we didn't want to cook, we would order like 40 egg rolls, and each of us would eat 20 a piece. <laughs> That's, that is so many egg rolls. That's, it's simple eating, let's put it that yeah. way, you now, know. Now you two actually but it's healthy, you know, it's, you're talking about vegetables in those yeah. egg rolls. Yeah, deep right? fried vegetables. Yes, right. Yeah. Now you two met at a resort in the Catskills, right? The Nemerson Hotel. That was pretty good eating. Yeah. yeah. That was great eating. How, did, how was it when, because you were working in the kitchen, right? No. No, I was in the, working in the dining room as the waiter. As a waiter, right. 
And I was a counselor. And were you, how were the staff, you, were they to feed you? Staff meals? Uh, you Yes, there were staff meals, but, you know, they didn't necessarily give you as good as food as the guests did, but we always managed to, you know, make sure that we ate as well as the guests did on the sly. Yeah. yeah. How, do, how would you, like, uh, I remember my first restaurant job here, I would, like, palm steaks. Yeah. I would clear tables, and then I <laughs> right. palm steaks. We would hide the steaks. Yeah. Mm. We were, weren't allowed to eat the steaks, but everybody basically stole the steak. Yeah. We would hide it and then would eat it after the meal somewhere. I mean, you're shaking they, your head. Actually, they would, we would yeah. put the steaks in the, in the server, you know, in the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I mean, I, you know, my first job, yeah. they would, uh, you know, they would take two bites of a steak, and it was, like, perfectly cut in a full steak and they with French fries yeah. and be, like, not wasting this. Yeah, I would say that working in the mountains and in Catskills was when I, you know, really was able to, um, you know, as living on my own, was able to eat a lot of good food because, you know, as a student, we didn't have a lot of money. How much borscht did you have in the borscht belt? None. I don't like borscht. Mom? Really? Not too much. I'm not a favorite of borscht either, although my parents loved it. So, what, so Mom, when did you start picking back up cooking on your on your own? I always liked to cook, and your Uncle Mark always liked to cook. So mm-hmm. the two of us were always cooking. And, and, you know, Grandma stayed at home until we were in high school. And then when she would come home late, she'd ask us to get the dinner started. So either I would cook or Uncle Mark would cook. What was, and, she, what was she working? Yeah, she was a seamstress. Okay. She worked. And you know Uncle Mark does all the cooking for his family. You want a latte? Who wants a latte? Who wants a latte? <laughs> Who wants a latte? Who wants a latte? Who wants a latte? Who wants a latte? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that machine that machine gets used once a year yeah, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, what did you? Um, what, what got you? Back, when did you start cooking? Was it Polish dishes? Polish dishes, or I mean, you were in New York in the seventies, and there was a lot of new cuisines like Chinese food, things like that, being introduced. Uh, you know what? In the seventies, um, well, let's go back just a few years before the seventies, and we were kosher. So, at about age twelve, I said. All these um, you know, ice cream trucks would come around, and we'd eat the ice cream. But also, a chow chow cup would come around with Chinese food, and all my friends chow chow truck. Yes, all my friends would get egg rolls and Chinese food, and I finally said one day to my mother, "Look, I'm done. I've got to taste this Chinese food." And she said to me, "Well, I raised you the best I can. Now you do whatever you want." So, wow! Wow! <laughs> right. Jewish, right? Jewish? Yeah. Okay. Egg rolls. So she went to egg rolls. I yeah. had my first culinary. Experience from a chow chow cup, uh, egg roll in a Chinese <laughs> truck, pre pre predecessor to the yeah. trucks that come yeah. around, yeah. and like early hawker stall. Early hawker stall. That was my first experience, and after that, I would save my money and try to try Chinese food or Italian food with my girlfriends, and we would, um, you know, then back then you we didn't have really culinary food on Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn. But whatever I could try, I would do. I would experience. And so what are some of the dishes that stuck out? Definitely Chinese food and any kind of Chinese food and Italian food. That was, Those were the two big ones. Yeah, I always loved it when you used to make uh, spare, spare ribs. Oh, my God. That was always a special night. Well, I always remember you're making so many of them. Well, once you start that process, you might as well make a few to last the next day. Did you, but, learn, did you learn that in a course that I gave you? So here's a good story. Yeah. So when Dad and I started living together in what Manhattan, year is this? 1974, um, I got a walk, and I was really excited about doing all that Chinese food cooking, and I had this terrible 
cookbook. Most of the cookbooks I have taught me a lot, but this one was horrible. So after a few weeks of Dad being a good sport and eating all this horrible Chinese food, he surprised me at Valentine's Day with six Chinese lessons. So, so sort of for both of you, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that, look at that. I know. It was yeah. the best investment. Yeah, here, here you go. Uh, yeah. I love you. You're welcome. I love you. And since I know that you're not going to stop making this food. <laughs> and I'm tired of eating this crap. So Lila Khan is the name of the chef who had a cookbook. And she, we went to her West Side apartment. There were about eight of us. And every week she taught us more. And, and the course ended with a trip to Chinatown, of course, to pick out the ingredients and know what you were purchasing. And then I really got on this Chinese cooking kick. And most of it was roasted pork and hanging spare ribs that you put on a um, large paper clip, paper clip unwound. And in those days in Manhattan, we had gas stoves, so you could really hang it, let the drippings go into a pan. And Wait, what? Oh, you would stick a paper clip in the duck? In, in, in the, the rib. rib and uh. hang it from the rack on the top shelf and would hang down into, and drip into a a water bath that would steam it and collect the drippings and that's how it that's roasted. That's how it was made. Mm. Yeah. Didn't realize that? No, I never realized that. <laughs> yeah. And you never made it. I mean, you just made it in the oven growing yeah. up. Yeah. Well, because I didn't have the same kind of stove. So it was God, this is always so good. Difficult. So wait, when did you switch? Because growing up, you, or, or when I remember when we were growing up, you were a vegetarian for a while. I was a, a minor vegetarian for about two years and that was the bleak part of my... What was going on with that? <laughs> I don't know. I just decided that I should eat a little bit more healthy foods. But do you know how I broke that vegetarian? I know the story. Well, the good news is that we weren't actually subjected. <laughs> no, we were not subjected no. to it. No, no of course no. not. No. But after, I guess I was cooking a little leaner food. And one day, Greg came home from high school and said... Look, Mom, I'm hungry. I am, like, really hungry. And I don't mean vegetable hungry. I mean meat hungry. So I said, well, here are the cookbooks. Greg, what were you doing that day? <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Here are the cookbooks. And he just checked off everything he wanted to eat. So I said, just tell me what you want to eat. I'll make it. And What was it? It was mostly the Chinese, Lila Khan's Chinese cookbook. But, but do you remember how you broke your vegetarian? Yes. Yeah. So one day I had a roasted chicken that I was making for the family, and I was slicing it up, and the aroma of it was so delicious. I said, I'm done with vegetarianism. And I just ate like half a chicken, I think. So <laughs> good. I fell asleep. That was the end of it. Uh, well, why don't we, why don't we well, play this? Well, one thing about dinner that I have to say is I always appreciated that it was, I don't even realize growing up that it's a very traditional European, what you used to serve with. Salad, like it was coursed out salad, app, you know, main dessert. It was crazy. Never yeah. realized that until we started going to restaurants, and I was like, "Oh, we grew up with this. Always a balanced meal." Yeah. You what usually do we, don't appreciate a lot of things until well, you grow up. <laughs> no, but not no, just meals. No, 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 no. We appreciate it, but it's just. Uh, I will say this: I sort of wish that the last year we were at home with your cooking, we had not eaten so much terrible pizza yeah, really instead of eating, getting you, home cooking. Greg up. wants to play a song. Yeah, why don't we play a song?
Well, welcome back to our 200th episode of Snacky Tunes. Uh, uh, guest host, guest host, mom and dad. Shout hi. out. Shout out. Um, <laughs> Falcon represent. So, mom, you've been making food for us since we were born. Um, you made our baby food. Where did that decision come from? Um, God. God? <laughs> I God, God came to you in a dream and said, "No, fuck you, Gerber." No, I, I. You know how I told you that Grandma Helen never used any jarred anything. Everything was from scratch. So the thought of buying jarred food repulsed me, and I knew that whatever I put into your food would be what I put into it, and no chemicals and whatever. So I just cooked what I cooked for dad and me and then threw it in a blender I threw it in the blender and I experimented a little bit at a time and just started giving you wholesome food what did we eat you the first food I gave you was um, breast milk thanks dad okay, thanks, thanks dad, dad. Thanks, dad. <laughs> was, I thought you said you weren't going to talk on this show well you, you know, I, she was I wanted to be sure we were accurate yeah okay, okay so after so, that so we moved on to solids uh, I gave you spinach Ooh. And that that you loved to have a couple of pictures of spinach all over your face, which is cute. Still which is that not way. any different. And that way. of yeah. course, oatmeal and rice cereal. Um, cream of wheat. Cream of wheat with um, raisins and little, sugar. Yeah, and, and a little, little bit of stars. Yeah. And the stars. Yeah, these little pastina stars. Oh you know? yeah, right. And chicken, and then beef. And when with babies, you just introduce one food at a time. Of course. Fresh fruits. It never even dawned on me to give you anything that came out of a jar. It was never happening. Right. But then why did you do it? I did not do it, and I love the way you tease me. <laughs> um, and now you still continue to make jam. Uh, well, when I was about 21 or so, Dad worked with this doctor and his wife, and he had, uh, I guess, 10 acres up in Ossining. And we went up there, and she had a couple of little kids and said, we're going out to pick some berries. So we went out to pick some berries, and she said, now we're going to make some jam. So she taught me how to make jam, and I've been making jam ever since, which is always a nice Then you taught me feeling. how to make jam. Yeah, it's now great. Now I know I can. Fresh fruit. I can do it, and I need to learn. Oh, it's so it's easy. easy. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> it's so easy. It's Super easy. Thanks, it's Darren. It's super easy. So what would you say your favorite meal is to cook every year? My favorite meal, as you all know, is Thanksgiving. Is that a big deal in our family? Yeah. That's a big deal. Was it take a couple family? days? All together? Yeah. It's, it's crazy It's crazy that you just started like Thursday morning and then yeah. bam, it's yeah, done. Right. I mean, how long does it take to open up a can of cranberry sauce? <laughs> and pull that Purdue chicken out. The yeah. more, more difficult thing is opening up a canned turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Just... A oh. pita cushion. Well, that's remember that what the uh, can duck. the canned duck we got at a pita cushion with Uncle oh, Murray. Yeah, in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. where it? it was just it's a the, the the thing is the dish uh, a pita cushion which is um, you know M Wells where people came from. It's one of the best restaurants in Montreal. One of their dishes is a canned duck, which it's it's an okay dish, but the whole thing of the show essentially they just. They make a full duck and they put it in a can and they. No, oh no, no, no! It's a duck breast, butterfly, and stuffed in the middle is foie gras. But it doesn't hold a candle to mom's turkey. No, oh, but you're so kind. Yeah. But what they do is they open that can on the table and they just dump it out. It's like oh. a show, show dinner. Yeah. Show. All right. So Thanksgiving. When do you start? When do you start thinking about Thanksgiving? I think about Thanksgiving all year, <laughs> and next week I will start to collect the 
blueberries for the blueberry cobbler and, so and freeze those. And then in October, after the harvest, I'll get the um, pumpkin, and I will cook that, mash it, grind it, and put it away for all the pumpkin dishes that I make. Um, pumpkin pie, but mostly other dishes. And as soon as I look at all the magazines again that I have, new ones come out, as you know, Food and Wine, Bon Appetit. I go through those again and decide how I'm going to tweak it. Certain things remain the same. And then after the event is over, I think about what went well and what didn't go well, and I make notes and adjustments for the following year. So it's, it's pretty much a year-long thing. But it, ha- it started when I was about 15, when I finally recognized that Thanksgiving was a big deal in the United States. And I said to my mother that we should also make it a big deal in our house. And so we started cooking it together with her stuffing recipe. And then every year we, we made it a tradition, and it's been going on ever since. What's coming back this year? The standard um, sweet potato pie, um, turkey necks. I always increase yeah. the number, so guys. So talk about turkey necks. <laughs> turkey because necks. <laughs> these were it used, sort of it used to be one neck. It used to be legs. It used to be legs, but then it was necks, and Dad would eat the neck. And then I think we found out that he wasn't really saying anything about it, but it's the best part. <laughs> well, No, th- no comment? Yeah, actually no speak comment? louder than words. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but when did you start getting the idea to cook the neck? Well, I always cook the necks... Usually, I, I would make the necks at a separate time during the year. We'd have necks for dinner. Do you remember that? No, not really. Yeah. I don't remember having turkey necks other than... I feel like it was like a few, three, four years ago. No, it's it's been a long time. And plus, we always like chicken necks. So it was a no-brainer just to make turkey necks. And when we go to the, the uh, farmer's market, they sell turkey necks all year long and dad would often say why don't you just pick up some turkey necks and make it and so I use the same seasoning recipe as the turkey and just make the necks which has a lot of meat yeah so much meat so much meat it's definitely uh and really just delicious and the white horns love the turkey necks it's a dish for uh for friends and family yeah it's messy a lot of bones yeah it's great you have to like but meaty you have to like to eat with your fingers because it's not something you cut into and it's not a shy dish no. No. <laughs> no, it's not a shot. If you're fastidious about eating and you don't like to touch your food with your hands, it's not for you. No. But, of course, then you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah. Or more for us. So, this year... Um, First off, you don't have enough necks and you don't have enough stuffing. <laughs> no. Every year, Gregory says, there's not enough but, stuffing. But I'm never wrong. That's, <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is I'm never wrong. It's, look, oh, my God. Well, the good, good, the, the good news is that most people don't want those necks so that they have extra necks uh, to sell us. Because as far as I know, there are no turkeys that have multiple necks. Protection no, neck. no, definitely not. I'll, I said, I'd like a 16-pound turkey and 14 necks. Not enough. <laughs> right. It's not enough. That's, I mean, that's okay, but the stuffing is... No, because they, we always eat a couple the night before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody comes over the night before. They want the turkeys cooked the right. night before, so that's a whole other now story. You've had, you've had uh, 199 previous shows. Have you ever talked about turkey necks on your previous shows? Yeah. I feel like every time we get around the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving episode, it just Somebody talks up. about you know, it, I or had, we bring it up. I had turkey necks down in New Wait, is that, a, is that a oh, segue yeah. to be like, hey, if you want to listen to old episodes of Snacky Tunes, but, uh, go, go to our podcast. No, I had turkey necks in New Thanks, Orleans, <laughs> and they season them the same way that they do crawfish. Yeah? 
Um, uh, the taste, not it was, great. It was fine. It wasn't definitely wasn't seared down the same texture, yeah. and it wasn't cooked long enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all that this stuff is, is just you've got to cook. cook. I mean, tur- yeah. Turkey necks are have to be cooked for a while in they order have to, to be get braised. in order to be soft enough. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's stringy. Yeah. You done? No. Uh, I'm just looking at the notes. Okay. Um, so, uh, you guys just got back from a crazy trip. You guys have been traveling a lot, but you guys started traveling around Europe in the 70s. And I think you said. 80s. Sh- in the 80s? 1980. And you guys would just get a car and drive around with a bag of oranges, if I remember correctly. And not exactly. In <laughs> not 19. Quite. Not even close, Darren. Yeah. You know. Oh, was it pomegranate? Like four, four stories in there. But in 1980, Dad got a job. Um, we lived in Manhattan. And Dad got a job to in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. So we knew we were going to move, and we took a three-month vacation in between jobs, and we traveled around Europe. So Back when there was no euro, and you had to change currency at every border. Yes, exactly. And, and we traveled into Eastern countries. Europe, which were still communist countries at the time. And you had lunch sitting next to some PLO members as well. Oh my god, we shared a table with them in Romania. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not listening, I promise. They're not listening. No one's listening. I'll put, I'll put it, we have are, are you recording? We, I'll put it, we have six listeners after 200 episodes and those aren't the six. Yeah. Um, but wait, tell the uh, orange story. Okay, so we were in Italy on a way to Bulgaria and before we passed the border, Greece. we Greece on the way to Bulgaria. And before we went through the border, there were these trucks and they were selling bags of oranges. So dad and I always like to have something in the car to eat in case we're driving long distances and you'd have something nice and anash. delicious, anash, as an orange. So we bought this bag of oranges and then we went to a place called the Rilski Monastery in Bulgaria and met this docent of the monastery who happened to speak English at a time where most Bulgarians only spoke Russian or German. Or Bulgarian. Of course Bulgarian. And so we chatted and first thing came next thing we knew she was inviting us to her apartment. We met her mother and her daughter who were going back to Sofia. We were going to Sofia and we said we'll take them with us. So we had these oranges in the back of the the car, and they saw this sack of oranges, and we were noshing, and we offered them, and they said they would just share one, and we said, okay, but you could really have it. And when we got to Sophia, we understood why they were just aghast at the, seeing a whole sack of oranges, because at that time in Bulgaria, there was very little fresh fruit, and you had to wait in line at different stores for different things, namely oranges or milk or anything like that. So they offered us their apartment to stay in, and they stayed at a friend, and we left them the sack of oranges as hmm. a gift. Tell the PLO story. The what? The PLO, PLO story. story. Oh, the PLO story. Um, no? Nah, I think that's... I'll put that aside. That's okay. too serious. <laughs> so serious. Yeah, too serious. Uh, um, so where is uh, your cooking these days after all these years? I remember this one chicken dish that you made. Dad, obviously that question is not directed to you. Yeah. I still cook occasionally. What, what do you cook? What is the last thing you yeah. cooked? And, and, what, and, and what was the month and what was the year? The Amish market chicken in the microwave <laughs> is not cooking. Yeah. Well, I can make a good breakfast. I yes. still know how to make an omelet. Okay. And toast and put out a good table and, you know, I'm good at that. 
And Dad makes our lunch every yeah, day. I make lunch every day before I go to work for Mom and I. It's a salad with either tuna fish or cut-up chicken. I mean, you're asking me what do I cook or what can I prepare? Those are two different questions. Yeah, we know the difference. Yes. Yeah, we've done 200 episodes. You know the difference between cooking and preparing. I wouldn't say I'm asking, so, cook, what do you apply fire to that transforms I, one I, thing into another? I'm, I'm not so much an at-home like cook, but I'm an at-home preparer. Uh, yeah. I can cook vegetables. And what I can do is I can take your mom's chicken from the night before and cut it up and put it into salad that's already been separated for me. If you live with me, you wouldn't starve. That's true. Okay. Liver and onions. That's your. That's oh, a good dish. I think that's we've had that one. Yeah. So you don't like liver. I, I like that liver. dish. No. Okay. Okay. To this day. Thanks. Mom? Um, well, I still read Bon Appetit and Food and Wine every week, every month. So I'm always cutting out these recipes and trying to make something. But my specialty really. <sighs> During the winter months is anything that can be braised for a long period of time. I just the love go. the way the seasonings meld together, the way the kitchen smells, and the anticipation of that meal. That's Man, really there was nice. some chicken thigh dish you made a few years ago, maybe from Bobby Flay's cookbook. Oh wait, oh, no. yeah. let's talk about. Hold Mom's. on, I just I just gotta say <laughs> I just gotta say that. That chicken dish. I didn't remember what it was. Wait, no. Let's talk about it was mom's. like 50 spices that you had yeah, to put together. The 50 spices dish. Yeah. That chicken. I remember you left to go to the kitchen. And I turned to dad. I was like, has mom's cooking just gotten even better? <laughs> and dad was like, uh, uh, yeah. Let's talk delicious. about. Wait, no. But let's talk about your famous chicken and rice dish. Oh, yeah. The staple the from staple. when we were growing up. Oh, that oh, you yeah. would oh, never. Okay. So, so, there's a, so we'll set the stage. But there's a chicken okay, and rice dish. So it's. Let's talk That's suburbs. Suburb. Suburbs, 1990s. 1990s. Mom, Tuesday night. Uh, mom would always make chicken rice dish that we thought was like the absolute best thing. Does possible. not get better. Does not get better. If there's she a would, better chicken dish would, in the world, I don't want to know. And she it. would never let us know what was in it or help prepare it. Because. Because my sister Rochelle, your aunt, got married at a time when Betty Crocker was in style. And all the women in her apartment building in Queens would get together and figure out the worst combination of ingredients they could put together to prepare for their husbands when they came home the from work. best tasting food. Yeah. So this was one of the highlights of all these women in the building. They'd make this chicken and rice dish. So finally, after eating it for a while, my sister said, oh, you got to make this chicken and rice. This is so, so delicious. Good. So I said, okay, what's the, what's the recipe? So here it goes. It's it's. 1812 French onion dressing, <laughs> one can of apricot preserves, or How, jar, wait, what, what's the one size? jar, eight, ounce, six, eight ounces, eight ounces, okay. 16 ounces of the dressing, eight ounces of the sauce, and one um, large, package. Lipton, large package of Lipton, don't choose anything else, yeah. Lipton onion soup. You mix French. that all together, you put the chicken in it, and you let it. If you let it marinate overnight, even better. Yeah. And then you put it in the oven at 300 and let it just marinate to smithereens. Oh my it's God, so, so good. And, and but an embarrassment. Can I make the qualifier? Don't get low-fat French dressing. No. Don't tried get... To, like, we've tried to make just... If you're going to do this dish, and then you make white rice. Yeah. and The whitest rice. Oh, my God. It's so good. And yeah. you can tell how bad it is because of the, like, gel. <laughs> that we put oh, in yeah. the fridge. It has like this gelatinous, 
like it's like, it's like it's like a it's like a confit in a way. Yes. I haven't you know what I haven't made I, that. I'd in go such for, a I know. Time. I'm thinking about. I haven't made. Oh, yeah, it. I kind of forgot. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that dish. How about that rabbit stew you made? Oh my god! Tell oh, the story god. of the rabbit okay, stew. So I think you guys were about ten. No, the nine or ten, whatever. And I said to Dad, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I think I'm really interested interested in having some rabbit, and the farmers market's selling it. He said, well, let's buy some. So I bought some rabbit, and I made some French, probably from uh, Julia Child's cookbook, um, French rabbit dish. And I put it on the table, and both of you were eating it and saying, Mom, uh, the bones are all wrong in this chicken. They're sort of like kind of not small. real chicken <laughs> placements. What are we eating? And I said, uh, well... Just keep eating. <laughs> if you like it, keep eating. I don't think I actually ever told you. You totally that it was did. Rabbit. You totally told us rabbit. We didn't figure it out. We had a pet rabbit a few years later. Bagnano. R.I.P. So, as we kind of close this out, any advice to us uh, for future cooking years? Yeah, I just think you have. You guys have a million cookbooks. Use those cookbooks. Cook food at home. And bring a lot of guests to your house and make it an event because eating out is eating out. That's great. But inviting people to your house, setting the table, and giving them food from the heart is a real special occasion. Dad, any advice? Um, Watch what you eat. Of course. Of course. course. (laughs) Well, we love you guys. Can I watch it and then eat it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we have roses uh, up. Uh, Thanks, roses guys. Up next in the studio, and uh, we're gonna play one more track from uh, Snacky Tune Comp. I we're think gonna play Reggie Watts. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Well, congratulations, you that, guys! Thank you for having us on your show. Yeah, and, yeah. um, let us know what the listeners think about the show. Yeah, once um, you're done. Uh, all five of them: Sarah, Mike, Brian, Peter, <laughs> and David. If you could just write in. Well, I um, told some of the people that you're going to show, so we're going to send them the links. You may actually have a few more listeners this time around. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, yeah. we'll get up to ten. Um, all right, this is uh, Internet Radio by Reggie Watts, uh, done live at Snacky Tunes. This is a song that I did a long time ago. This is about people who have a difficult time adjusting to where they could go and where they could be. So, without further ado, I think I'd like to take a chance to do this. Yeah, what's up? I was just wondering, could you come? Yeah, please turn off the reverb. Okay, here we go. Thank you. 
sound of another man Stealing his way across the foreign land You gotta realize what could be going on, yes To give yourself a little bit of chance, oh yeah Yeah, that track is great. Reggie yeah. Watts, hands down one of the top. He he was on the show and he just oh genius. Cool, yeah, yeah. I like that. Watching guy. him work live and build songs out of nothing, yeah, is just. I, I'll put this way: you're not always gonna love what comes out, but you're gonna respect the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so roses, welcome, to Snacky Tunes. Welcome. Thanks for you, having us. Yeah. Uh, 
It's, I thank you so much for fitting us in on your pretty like light non-show playing weekend. Yeah, what a quiet weekend. <laughs> what a quiet yeah, we're not weekend. Doing anything? Yeah, just, just hanging out at your piada terre and just uh, <laughs> sipping rosé. Yeah. How many shows this weekend? Three. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah. I was at the one on Friday at uh, Death by Audio. Love that yeah. spot. Yeah, it was fun. I like future that place too. future punks. Yeah, pretty tight. great. Yeah, tight. pretty great. <laughs> yes. um, well, one we've we've known each other for who's a long we? time? A thousand years. Who's yeah, we? me and him. Yeah, but say yeah. some names. What? Juan. Juan. Oh, yeah, I said Juan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Juan, yeah. <laughs> Drink a little too much. A little much too champagne. Uh, we've known each other for ever, from Ava Goda days. Yeah. Well, I can't ago. remember where we crossed paths. Or probably some vice thing. Yeah. Forever. That would make forever sense. Forever ago. <laughs> uh, so when uh, Jamie and Sam said that they uh, had a new project with you, we were like, yes, yeah. yes, please. No, I'm stoked. Yes, please. Uh, so do you guys want to go around the room and introduce... Well, I mean, we got one down. There's two more of you to go. I'm Juan. Hi. I play yeah. guitar. <laughs> I am Mark. Uh, I play the keyboard and I'm singing. I'm Victor, and I play bass. I'm a little... I'm not going to say sad, but I thought you guys were going to wear your party shirts. Oh, I have oh. one in the room if you want me to put it on. We no, have all fine. our clothes with us. You want yeah. us to change? No, no, it's fine. For the radio? How did, you guys, <laughs> how did you guys decide on that look? This look? No, the party shirt look that you guys wear. Because Victor, Victor has a lot of them. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it's Victor's. Yeah, I'm a very big fan of a thrift store shopping in the South Bay where no one really thrift store shops. So well, don't, I find don't everything. tell them. Oh, no one's going to go. They're not gonna yeah, go. They're, yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they go all the way down there, then they deserve yeah, a few you're shirts. You got a shirt. Yeah, you're allowed. Yeah. Well, remember, we'd have to have listeners. Oh, yeah. To yeah that's really like. <laughs> um, so what I love about how you guys met is that you traded mixtapes. I want to yeah. know what was on those mixtapes. gave. And what year is this? Like last year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I met Mark and through mutual friend and then we just like started talking about music and then I just made Mark like a bunch of mixtapes. One was just like, all like female singers that I like a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it was like Mazzy Star and like Yeah. All like really romantic deep tapes. Deep 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 Mazzy Star cuts. Um no, just like stuff I think he would like. Yeah. Nothing too I wasn't being too show offy. And was it like with the intention of like we want to start a project or was it just like I like this music, you might like this music? Yeah, I just wanted him to hear it, yeah. It's stuff yeah. he hadn't heard and, and like he showed me some like stuff I didn't know and like some classical music that I didn't I don't know anything about classical music. So I was like, let's trade music. Are you, are you classically trained? Uh, no. I mean, I took piano lessons. Okay. Not like... That's fine. You don't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> we have a low bar at this show. <laughs> I think trained is a very strong word. Yeah. Mark's you... a very modest boy. He is oh, pretty talented. Victor steps in and says... <laughs> modest boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> Victor, were you doing tapes as well? No, that was between them. But uh, one would always like, tell me about him. He put a Minimum History Lesson Part 2 on it, and I was pretty excited about yeah. that. What's Being from San Pedro. What's Part 2? That's just the name of the song. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the, it's the Part one, 2, yeah. No, I was going to say, like, yeah, that's... <laughs> it's like, there's not much. <laughs> that's great. But, uh, so, like, what was it that finally, like, made you guys click that uh, we're like, hmm, we should do, uh, maybe we should, we should take this on the road or form something? Um, I guess, I don't know, it was just, like, I wasn't doing any Vigoda stuff, really, and I just wanted to play music. So then me and Mark like, wrote one song together, just like dicking around. And then we're like, oh, man, we should have like, I want to have a Victor to play bass. And kind of just like, we just started like practicing and writing songs. It was like kind of, and then Ava go to stuff like we could, we stopped, like we decided we're not going to do anything anymore. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just do this now. That's great. How does a, and to ask one Ava go to question now, how does a band break up these days? Um, <laughs> no one knows that the, no one knows that the band doesn't exist anymore until someone on the internet says that they, we broke up. Oh, okay. Pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, they, I, there's no public announcement. 
No, I no. Know, yeah, I mean, someone pro- should probably start like a blog that catalogs like the official. Yeah. <laughs> no, we yes. just like we yeah. kind of just you know we've been doing it, we've done it for a long time. We kind of just stop. Well, you should it. because then the clock starts. Uh, ticking on when you can do a reunion show and make a ton of money. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. people can't wait. Well, wait, d- I mean, yeah. I was gonna say there's a, some bands that have like reunited that you're just kind of like, you guys are getting paid a shit ton yeah. of money. That'd be cool. What? Yeah, to find get paid a shit ton. More, more than, than more than they made when they were a band exactly at that time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. That that to me, and it's all proportional in a sense, but like it's definitely uh, if you make more than when you were actually together and trying, that's fine. Yeah. I'm um, super excited for the Blood Brothers reunion tour that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I think we heard Me about too. that. Yeah, FYF. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be fucking incredible. Um, well, why, don't we, why don't we get a song so you guys can, like, get, <laughs> like, like stretch out? Literally yeah, on my knees talking to this microphone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what is play? Uh, what are you, what's the song? What are you guys going to play? Oh, Mark? Oh, um, this song's called Ghost Dad. At least for now. <laughs> At least for now. <laughs> okay. You guys remember that that like theory that there was an actual ghost in the ghost ad no. behind a curtain? I know about no, no, no. That's three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ghost dad was just a shitty. <laughs> oh, Bill that, Cosby. I'm sorry. That's the documentary on the father after death. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Right in front of this sunlight 
Nice. <laughs> summer vibes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is vibes. perfect for LA because it's never not summer. <laughs> yeah. Apparently uh, it rained the other day. Ah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Call, it's over. Saints <laughs> done. Just cut it off. I mean, it's kind of insane that rain will like decimate your guys' city. Like people like lose <laughs> their fucking shit. Like remember when it like. I think it was last. Ooh, that's was a good lounge position. Yeah, was yeah. it like Better last <laughs> last year or maybe earlier this year when it rained like heavily, heavily for a few days and like people like couldn't handle it? Yeah, like no one was able to yeah, drive always. anymore. <laughs> that's what yeah. happens. Well, no, people just decide like roads don't exist. Well, that the, road? roads are, the roads are like so greasy that like because the rain never washes it away. That like uh, greasy. Earlier this year, it rained like slightly, like a little sprinkle, and I was like driving down Melrose and like. I, like, put, I put on my brakes and like my like very gently, and my car drifted like over the grease for like twenty feet. Tokyo drift? Yeah, yeah. I Tokyo drifted into a parked car. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. I, I think oh, you did you leave it have? Is this, you oh no, down? I talked to her. There's an old lady. I talked oh, okay. to. Her. Oh yeah. Can you turn the effects off? Oh yeah. Little, sorry. Little feedback. Uh, it's probably not. No, it's not it. Who knows? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, you remember the snowstorm in Atlanta where they got like an inch of snow and people just got stuck in their cars because they don't know how to drive. <laughs> um, I gotta say, LA is really having a moment right now. It's been Music, having a moment for a while. Fashion, food, yeah. art. I heard this hotel open there. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It is um, pretty great. But I mean, like, I mean, I'd say like the LA music scene is really popping. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Getting back into like playing the band again and stuff. I'm like going to shows again, which is cool. So yeah, there's like I keep on finding more fun bands that were like friends with and stuff. Who are some of the bands that you're loving over there? Um, this band Post Life is really awesome. They're like kind of you know like bands like they formed like through like the smell and stuff. So they're kind of like weird poppy punk sort of. Yeah, and um, I love how the smell still like doing it. Yeah, for sure. It's never slowed down. Never slowed down. Yeah, it's pretty pretty rad. And um, yeah, this band Susan. That's really awesome, and we play with them a lot. And um, wait, that's the, not the girl Japanese band. That's the Japanese band called Susan. The Susans. The Susan. Oh, the Susan. Oh, just Susan. Just Susan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, they're really just awesome. Susan. Just, just okay. Susan. <laughs> not Susan <laughs> E or Susie Q. Susan, just Susan. Period. Yeah. Actually, that'd be a good band name. Just Susan. Uh, I think that's the new the new buzz name. We got the Susans, Susan, and Just, just, Su- yeah. just Susan. <laughs> don't get it mixed up. Don't yeah. get don't get a twist. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's so awesome. And our shows, uh, LA shows, is it like to 2 a.m. or is it more like New York where like it sort of goes like midnight? No, they're like, yeah, shows are usually done pretty early, I feel. Like usually, yeah, by like midnight. It's not too crazy. Not yeah. super, super late. Especially the all ages ones. So what's your first weekend uh, been like here? What's the response been? Um, I don't know, it's been fun. It's really hectic and crazy, but fun. I don't know. The Death by Audio show was like... Yeah, Friday really, was really great. Fun. That was great. Yeah. That was like our favorite show so far of the two. <laughs> of the two, <laughs> well, you got to pick one. Yeah, um, it was unexpectedly. You know, I thought like Summer Friday was going to be a little less rambunctious, but it was pretty nutso. Yeah, no, I had no clue what to expect because I'm like, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Like, I haven't been played a show in New York or really been here for a while, so it was close. Guy who still came out. Did you get any food in? Did you get any favorite spots? Oh, where did, what have we been eating? We had pies and thighs, which oh, was oh so that was good. good. Yeah, I'd chicken biscuit there. is still one yeah. of the man. It is it. It used to be five dollars. I think it's nine dollars now. But it used yeah, to be like I think it was nine dollars. Like, no, I think it was like seven seventy five. Seven seventy five. I mean that's that's still pretty still, cheap. That's I mean it's For cheap, <laughs> but from five to seven seventy five, that's a pretty serious jump. For sure. Serious jump. Yeah, that's one less chicken biscuit a day. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that place is great. <laughs> um, should we should we maybe get another song? 
You want to do a jambers? Yeah. You know yeah. I'll do a little jamboni. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jamboroni. <laughs> uh, I know there's a little bit of delay between the stand up and uh, yeah. between. What's this? Uh, what's this one called? Uh, yeah. Is this yeah. three men and a baby? <laughs> um, <laughs> it is actually technically another movie title, so. Oh, that's true. You're right. Oh, it's true, yeah. That's, we only name our songs after movies. <laughs> oh, my God. I love your t shirt, by the way. The Clueless one. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. So, so good. <laughs>
great. Sweet. Really awesome. Some, some serious shredding in there. Thanks. Is that the, the rat pedal? Yeah, it's the rat and this cool big amp that I brought in. Marshall <laughs> yeah. Half oh, Stack. Man, that I yeah. I didn't it's, think that we could fit uh, this many stacks I've never, inside. I've never seen a, a double stack. It's crazy, <laughs> um, but I think it's a, like, exactly what you need for this space. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people in here. That'd, really, yeah. that'd be really funny uh, <laughs> if a band just bought those like um, hip amps that the crazy dudes in the subways use. Yeah. And that was oh, their only yeah, gear. Yeah. I thought you meant hip, like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, I legit thought that. Yeah, that'd yeah. be really funny. Just, like, wear it on your hip and you just, yeah. like, have, like, a What about, coat. like, uh, or, like, the cigarette pack amps? Yeah. Those are tight. Uh, oh, those the same? Oh, no, no. They no, no, no. Look like uh, obviously, they're different. Yeah. We're experts here. Okay, we yeah, know no, the difference. I don't know. Yeah, no. can, uh, I, can I just say one thing? After five years, it blows my mind how Pac Robertas is. <laughs> I know. It's like absolutely bananas. Your pizza, by the way, your pizza's coming. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, thanks. Oh, no, your pizza's here. I'm on the ground. Oh, it is? Yeah. If you guys... You, you want to bring that pizza oh, I can in? see it. Yeah, they're super hungry. Yeah. Uh, so, from your strong love of female-fronted uh, bands and ballads, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of want to get to understand, like, what covers are coming in your sets? Well, we've already... Hold on. We've already done, like, a cover of a female. We did a Sinead O'Connor cover. Which, which song? It's called Jump in the River. Okay. It was uh, on the Married to the Mob soundtrack. Oh, of course. <laughs> that classic. <laughs> God, that was a 90s movie, wasn't it? I, yeah, I've actually never seen it. Um, uh, but yeah, we did that. I, I just have the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just listen to sound. The, the soundtrack seems pretty tight. The cover what, is cool. That would be a thing, right? If your whole, if your whole, the only music you ever under soundtrack. That'd be tight. Just John Carpenter and stuff. From now I'm eating on, and talking. Really no, disgusting. you're no, you're you're doing. This is a classic. What's what happened? Classic snacky tunes moment. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, cool. um, yeah so actually, you, most bands. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll change it. Most bands don't eat until uh, after they perform. You said, "Fuck it, you're playing right in the middle." We're hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah, I know you're hungry. I'm hungry too. <laughs> um, so wait, so what else? So Sinead O'Connor, but I mean seriously, I mean for banding over the love of mixtapes, like you guys could really kind of like you guys could cover some muffs. That would work pretty well. The muffs? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I used to work with um, the, I think, guitar player, Ronnie. They were cool. What happened yeah. to them? I guess the 90s ended. No, they actually put his part on a record. They oh, got back yeah. together and put, have a record out. Oh, they, Wait, they, they, did they? Did the clock start ticking and they're like, it's time? It's time, yeah. <laughs> Faruka Salt just put out a record. Yeah. And they're on tour. Yeah. Yeah, it's, hey. It's, it's mid to late time. 90s. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to, to kind of, time to check out the I would love crushes. to know the uh, shortest gap between breaking up and reunion tour since they're just so prevalent these days. Nine Inch Nails. Really? They broke up in like a year and a half later. They started playing. Do they really they, break, break? They broke up. No, they said they were broke, they were broke up. That Trent doesn't. Played like a final show. No, th- that is That's Trent Reznor. But his Nine Inch Nails. They. Yeah, they. <laughs> Trent. Trent. Yeah, Trent. Trent. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Trent. Okay. Um, God. What would, uh, what would like an ideal like 90s reunion band be for you guys to like open for? Like the. Ooh. Yeah. Unrest. Well, I like unrest. I want unrest to get back together. Okay. That's me. Nineties Weezer, I'd say the Rentals, but they already yeah. they, they just, just, they got just back. back together. But, but the, I want to play with the Rentals. And this is like this. Oh, yeah. oh, Radio guys. <laughs> you know, this is the second we saw the uh, we saw the Rentals. Um, we saw the Rentals uh, at Best Buy. At first, Best Buy Nokia Theater. Nokia. Best Buy uh, reunion, and it was. Pretty bad. Because it was they, like they pretty, hadn't put out a new album. It's just they had been on. The, it was that really weird tour. 
Because they did like like slower, like acoustic-y things. No, yeah. the band was there. I still love that second album. That second album is... But still, it was just one of those things where it was like, I don't really understand what's yeah, going on. Yeah, totally. Like, and it, yeah, it's like, I guess, I guess someone... But now they're on their second one and maybe second... No, it third, be third good, time's I a think, charm. I so. think uh, Lucius is touring with it, like in the band t- playing with them. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. He's got a good lineup. Okay. Well, um, we want to make sure we got time for one more song. But uh, we want to thank you guys for coming out and uh, fitting us in on your busy schedule. You guys... Yeah. Uh, well, I guess... T- it's the pizza. That's the other thing <laughs> I've learned in five years. <laughs> They'd be like, I don't... Free pizza, like, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. I'll be there. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for the pizza. Yeah, right. of course. Um, well, thanks to Mom and Dad for coming by. Greg, it's been a pleasure. Darren, it's been a pleasure. Here's the 200 more. Tears to 200 more. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, that, that would be a decade. Of, that would be a decade. A decade. and uh, A decade under the influence. couple things. Uh, make sure to check out uh, Snacky Tunes uh, Volume 5 Live. Uh, if you go to the Heritage uh, Radio Network SoundCloud, you can get that and all the first four comp, which are actually also available for download or streaming, whichever your preference may be. And come out to our final barbecue of the season. Yeah, to, uh, Wednesday, uh, August 13th, or a few days from now, uh, it will be uh, NY, NY Sushi Co. Yeah, doing ribs. And Yus from Copenhagen. I'm so excited to see uh, him. It'll be great to see him. It's uh, a BBQ blowout, August 2014.eventbrite.com. And Greg, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been amazing. And uh, thank you to everybody. Thank you to all the bands, the chefs, the guest hosts, uh, Heritage Radio, Roberta's, everybody. all the engineers. Yeah, it's you been know, great. everybody. And, and Roses, thanks for uh, thanks. This is yeah. great. This is fun. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. Uh, what's the name of the What's the name of the last song? Uh, Leonard Part Six. <laughs> <laughs> the Gods uh, Must Be Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this song's called Julian March. Oh, uh, thanks for listening. We got a, f- I think, oh, we'll be back next week, and then we are, we're going to be in LA for FYF. Oh, yeah. Are you guys going to be out for FYF? I mean, just yeah. hanging. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are with us. Okay, great. Liz, thanks so much. Thanks, Liz. Jack, Joe, Rectech, Aaron, Patrick. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you, Carlos. Carlos. All right, guys. Uh, Take us out. Yeah, bye. <laughs> New century. <laughs> One, two, three, four.
Network.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.